0: Welcome back to another episode of The Silent Battle, I hope everyone is having a great week so far. I have another great segment for you today. Again, I am your host Erica Honeycutt and today I will be interviewing Elizabeth Morgan. Elizabeth is from Austin, Texas and is battling multiple sclerosis MS. Today she is going to share her raw and candid story about her journey with MS and how she manages her symptoms. Also, she will give us some tips, if she has any, on what may help you all out there to live life more easily as we battle our autoimmune diseases. Let's get started. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for being part of the Silent Battle podcast today. Thank you, Erica. Yeah, happy to be here. (laughs) Elizabeth, can you share your story with us regarding when multiple sclerosis showed up in your life?
1: Absolutely. So I gave birth to my first little one back in March of 2020. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and pretty much shortly right after that, you know, the pandemic started about a week later, it was locked down and, uh, just kind of chaos for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it was about that time that I started having, um, some pretty strange, unusual and severe symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially I, um, I felt like my brain was was wired, like it couldn't or wouldn't shut off, mm-hmm. um, and I ended up having some symptoms like losing vision in one eye, um, mm-hmm. nystagmus, so where, where your eyes just kind of shake back and forth constantly. Um, I felt really um, just kind of out of sorts, a little confused, really, really severe insomnia. I don't think I slept for four days total after I had my baby. Wow. Um, so that was, you know, kind of in and of itself a, a traumatic experience. And I remember telling my um, my gynecologist um, over the phone, because of course COVID had started, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like something is wrong with my brain. And she said, no, you're just a new mom. You just need sleep. Have a glass of wine. Take a couple Benadryl. Try this and that to get to sleep. And pretty much nothing worked.
0: hmm and so were so basically you're saying that after you had your baby that that's what pretty much triggered the multiple sclerosis to come on
1: yes absolutely i was dealing with postpartum anxiety and depression kind mm-hmm. on top of that so i think that coupled with the pandemic coupled with having a partner at the time who was, you know, less than, than supportive and, and really kind of having to, to push through, even though physically and mentally, I didn't feel okay. Right. Um, I think all of that stress combined really was too much for my body. And mm-hmm. I had kind of what they call, you know, my initial flare.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you, now that you know that you have MS, how do you, well, 1st when were you diagnosed with ms
1: so i was actually diagnosed about a year and a half later in november of 2021
0: okay okay and so was it did the gynecologist you know eventually see hey there's something really wrong and then refer you to um a neurologist to diagnose you or how did that come along come about
1: yeah great question um Unfortunately, my experience uh, with with my gynecologist and with multiple doctors kind of in that time frame was um, less than ideal. Um, I think there was a lot of focus on my anxiety and on my role as a new mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I went in to see the gynecologist because I, I just told her, like, I, I'm not okay. Right. And she ended up kind of telling me to uh, put my big girl panties on because I was a mom now. Wow. Um, so really felt extremely unheard mm-hmm. and started to kind of second guess myself because i've always felt less than healthy and i've had other you know small health conditions here and there throughout my life and Um, really just started thinking, you know, maybe everybody's right. Maybe I'm kind of a hypochondriac and none of this is real. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't until about a year and a half later where I was outside in the Texas heat doing some yard work for uh, a few hours. Uh Um, And we we were having guests come over, so I was trying to get the house ready. And uh, basically right after that, the next day, my arm, my left arm was completely numb, tingling, um, and it wouldn't go away. And then I started having what they call Lhermitte's sign, which is essentially when you bend your neck, even just a little bit forward, you kind of have these electrical sensations going from uh, basically the top of your head down to the to the tips of your toes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an I'm a registered nurse by trade, and as soon as I kind of started putting these pieces together, I thought I know I know what it is. I know it's MS. mess.
0: Mm. And so was it at that point, did you make the appointment with the neurologist or have your primary care to refer you to the neurologist or how did, how did, you know, who diagnosed you with it? Yes.
1: So, um, being a nurse, I used to work with some really wonderful doctors, one of which was a, a pain doctor. And I had mm-hmm. also been having some back problems and kind of told them like, I have lower back problems and I have a history of that. But you know, my arm is still numb. It's still causing me issues, and this doesn't make sense, right? From mm-hmm. from a medical perspective, my lower back doesn't have anything to do with my my upper extremities. So I actually asked him. I said, "Hey, I know this sounds a little bit crazy, but can we get an MRI because I think it might be multiple multiple sclerosis?" Mm. And he said, "You know, of course, sure. Let's let's definitely look into that." Um, he ordered the MRIs of my brain and my cervical spine, so my, my upper back area, mm-hmm. uh, and I still remember the day he called me, I was driving over to my sister's house and had my little one in the car, and he said, you know, where are you at? Can you pull over and, and get somewhere safe? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I knew that he was just kind of calling to confirm what I already thought was going on.
0: Mm. Now that you know that you have MS, how do you manage your symptoms?
1: Yeah, so I really avoid, um, I try to avoid triggers. Life is life. There's always going to be stress. Yes. For me, a lack of sleep can be a trigger. So having a toddler, uh, that gets a little bit tricky. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Currently in the midst of really trying to sleep train her so that I can get better quality you know uninterrupted sleep right um, I also really don't go out into the heat a whole lot because I know that's a pretty big trigger for me mm-hmm. um, I don't necessarily let it stop me from doing certain things but I'm very mindful of it right um, I make sure to stay as hydrated as I can um, and I make sure to kind of have minimal stress in my life if possible I work from home which honestly I think has been a lifesaver for me um, because you know, being a, a registered nurse, you're on your feet all day. It's very physically demanding. Right. Um, so being able to work from home, um, I think, has just been a blessing in disguise. I mm-hmm. started that even before I was diagnosed, and I'm just very grateful for it now.
0: Is it do the medications that you take? Has it been hard adjusting to them? Mm.
1: The medication was. Um, a really big decision. Um, my Wait. neurologist, mm-hmm. who is um, amazing here in Austin, he mm-hmm. uh, came highly recommended by the doctor I saw. Um, he kind of put the decision in my hands, I think partially because he knew I was a nurse um, and partially because it's it's a really tough call to make and mm-hmm. not every neurologist wants to say, hey, I think this is going to be the medication for you because it might not work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did hours upon hours upon hours of clinical research on all of the available medications, and I ended up coming across um, a medication uh, called Cacipta, um, which is something that that I inject once a month myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really take it if I'm sick or have a cold, so that's been a little bit of a struggle having a toddler in daycare. Yes. Um, I've definitely had to skip doses, which can give me a little bit of anxiety. But uh, overall, it's been a pretty, you know, ideal experience on the medication. I've had, you know, minimal side effects and, you know, knock on wood, I I think that it's working. I've had follow-up MRIs um, since being on it, and there were no additional lesions that they saw.
0: That's great to hear. That's very great to hear. Um, What challenges... Do you face not only physically, but mentally, since you were diagnosed with MS? Mm-hmm.
1: That's a good one. I, you know, already kind of dealing with under uh, underlying anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've always kind of struggled a little bit mentally. But having this diagnosis, um, it's kind of strange and kind of ironic because I used to be really focused on symptoms and my health. And I think for so long because I was not diagnosed but I didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting this diagnosis has actually taken um, a lot of the just kind of obsession around my health off of my mind. Um, it seems kind of backwards, but I don't obsess about it as much anymore because I know what's going on finally, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I have a name for it, and I have a treatment plan, um, but there are days, of course, where, you know, I, I think about the diagnosis or I'm having just kind of mild symptoms that pop up due to whatever, stress or lack of sleep. And it kind of reminds me all over again um, that I don't really know what my future could look like. You Mm -hmm. know, with MS, it's very unpredictable. I could be completely fine for the rest of my life. I could, you know, have full mobility and be able to take care of myself and my little one with no problem. Um, Or, you know, I could end up in a wheelchair. So... There's definitely days where it weighs on me heavier, uh, especially just being a, a, a new, you know, younger mom.
0: I'm sure. I'm, I'm very yeah. sure. Um, have, how has your family adjusted to you having MS?
1: Some better than others. <clears throat> um, I think it's, it's always hard for your loved ones when you're faced with a chronic, you know, very possibly progressive condition. Mm-hmm. Um, I've asked those around me to do a little bit of research to try and understand. Um, to be honest, I I feel like most people don't really want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even my fiance, who we just got engaged in, in February,
0: and oh, congratulations!
1: Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, we're very excited. But <laughs> the um, the first time I talked to him, really for an extended period of time, I told him about my diagnosis because. I didn't think it was fair to invite somebody into my life without them knowing this information that could impact their future. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, he tends to forget about it. He'll say, Oh my goodness. Sometimes I just, I forget you have MS. I don't really take offense to it. I understand why my loved ones don't want to sit and, and just kind of think about this nonstop. Um, But I do find it challenging sometimes because I don't always feel great, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have days where I'm struggling to get through the day um, and I have to remind them, like, I have this condition and, you know, they want to go into fix it mode. They want to ask me if I've had enough water, if I've been eating well, if I've been exercising and... At times it does feel like they don't quite understand that there are going to be days that are outside of my control
0: right and and that's a lot of that is because as I say with these autoimmune diseases like MS sometimes you can look perfectly normal on the outside but on the inside you know you could be fighting for your life or you know just feeling terrible and you know it's it but uh, our family members sometimes they don't they don't get it because they don't see it physically if that makes sense
1: yeah absolutely I totally agree with that I think it's a it's a blessing and a curse sometimes Mm
0: but
1: it's not obvious to others that I I have something going on um and it it sounds kind of strange to say that you know you have to almost remind those who are closest to you right um because they don't really want to accept reality, I think sometimes.
0: Right, right, they don't you know, especially the people that love you they don't want to accept that you're sick they don't want to, you know, they don't they don't want to think about you being sick because they do love you, but you know um, you're absolutely right you know, sometimes you know, you just have to remind them, you know
1: Oh, absolutely And and I try best to I try my best to advocate for myself there are times when, you know, I just feel like Ooh, they really don't get it and I don't think there's anything else I could say to make them get it mm-hmm. um, and those days are a little bit harder than others especially if I'm struggling with my toddler and yeah. kind of running on minimal sleep and feeling like I could just sleep all day You know, sometimes if I'm feeling really tired I just keep it to myself because people don't I think understand what I mean when I say fatigue
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it's like another level
0: you know oh yeah It's another level of being tired, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you think is most important for our listeners that are battling their autoimmune diseases to know?
1: Yeah. I think it's most important to know that you are the expert of your body. Uh, You know your body best. And unfortunately, the medical system being what it is today, um, you know, doctors and systems are overwhelmed and they don't really have the time sometimes to really put those puzzle pieces together so unfortunately it falls on us to do that for ourselves absolutely um i would just encourage you know advocate 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 if you think something is going on in your body and you don't have a diagnosis yet or you know you have one provider telling you you're just fine you know listen to your body it's sending you messages Mm -hmm. for a reason
0: Absolutely. Do you have anything else you want to share or add to today's segment?
1: Yeah, I think the last thing that kind of comes to my mind is, you know, I, I have a, a close family friend who also battles MS. Mm-hmm. Um, She keeps it very private because, you know, that's how she chooses to live her life and that's what she's comfortable with. And I remember when I was diagnosed, I, I told her and she said, you know, this is your information to tell don't feel like you need to tell anybody you can keep it you know as secret as you want to right and I remember thinking to myself you know why I I didn't ask for this I didn't do this to myself there's nothing I did to cause this right um I'm not ashamed of it Mm -hmm. and I think it's important for people to um to feel that way as well to feel like you know this isn't their fault and they shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it if they want to talk about it, if they're comfortable talking about it. Because, you know, your story could very well help somebody else.
0: Absolutely. Um, and there's, like you said, there is nothing, absolutely nothing to be ashamed about. Um, so I, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, Elizabeth, again, I just want to say I appreciate you so much for coming on here today with me and allowing me to interview you. It's been just wonderful talking to you. And I know this interview really educated and helped a lot of listeners out there.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me and for you know having this space for people to just be who they are and, and talk about it freely.
0: Absolutely. Remember, if you out there have any questions or comments, please email me at the silent Battle. 2022 at gmail.com and always remember life is tough but so are you everyone have a great rest of the day and thank you again elizabeth thank you so
1: much